Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm the senior pastor here at LifePoint Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like a little more information about our church, check out lpchurch.us. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. A very happy Mother's Day to all of you moms here with us today. But now I know not everyone here today is a mother, and perhaps some of you here today, maybe those with the Y chromosome, are thinking, great. Get to hear all about moms all day. It's not going to apply. So I will do my very best today to talk to everyone in the audience, but I will promise to get you out on time. So with that, I would just like to say that I am very honored to be here with you on Mother's Day. And before I share with you what I feel like God's laid on my heart, I first want to acknowledge there are a lot of emotions that come with this day. You know, for some of you in the room, you're really excited. You're anticipating a meal with your loved ones or maybe some gifts as tokens of appreciation for all that you do for your family. Maybe it's your first Mother's Day and you are having all the excitement and exhaustion (laughs) that goes along with that. But maybe this is your first Mother's Day without your mom. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe... You've had the most wonderful mother in the world who loved you and built you up and supported you. Or maybe you had a mom who didn't protect you, who didn't keep you safe and didn't love you the way that you deserve. No matter what you're here with today, joy, happiness, pain, or sorrow, I want you to know that you have a loving Heavenly Father who sees you as his precious, precious child and that no matter where you are, right here he sees you, he's with you, and he wants nothing more than you to know that you're loved. And so in thinking about all of these emotions that come with a day like today, it led me to want to share with you, as Mark said, about the seasons of the soul. Now, school's coming to end for a lot of us. We're looking forward to the summer, maybe vacations, fun, heat, But we know that spring is going to lead us to summer. And there's something about the nature of our seasons that's somewhat comforting, right? The rhythms, we know we're coming. Spring, summer, fall, winter, year after year. But we also can experience those changing of the seasons within our soul. And whether you're a Christ follower or not, the circumstances of your lives and those around you impact those seasons. And unlike nature, the seasons of our souls don't follow that predictable pattern. In fact, we have zero guarantee that summer is going to follow spring or that winter will only be a few short months. You know, our lives, we move back and forth through these seasons, sometimes winter, sometimes fall, sometimes spring, sometimes summer. And I know that this is true because that's what I've experienced in my own life. That's what I've watched the people around me that I love experience. But we can actually see in Scripture that this was in the plans from the beginning when God created the earth. Look at Ecclesiastes 3 with me, please. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. 
a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Without divulging your age, some of you might recognize those verses from a song written in 1959, made popular by the birds in the 60s. I really love little things like that because I like to imagine God's up there going, yeah, hit songwriter, just add that to my resume, right? <laughs> Probably not. But when I read those verses in Ecclesiastes, I can't help but notice the thoroughness of the list. Did you see? From birth, death, every single thing in between. God didn't miss a thing. But I'd like us to look specifically at verse 11 with me. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time, and he has also set eternity in the human heart. I believe that one thing the writer is telling us that every season, every circumstance that we experience can have beauty, even in the suffering. But we can't forget, we must never forget that this earth, this time right now, this is not all that there is. He has set eternity in our hearts. And so as we think about the seasons and rather trying to maybe to manipulate them somehow or shrink them or pass them by as if we even could, I wonder instead, what could we learn from these seasons? Those of you that are Christ followers, I have great, great news that no matter the season you're walking in and even where you find yourself today, I want you to be assured that Jesus, our Savior and King, is a man for all seasons. And so I want to start out today in fall. Now, I love fall. Changing of the leaves, you know, cooler temperatures, pumpkin spice. I get out my warmest bathrobe because, fun fact, I own four, one for every season of degreeing warmth because I love all things cozy and fuzzy and hoodies I also love the return of the Texas fall outfit. You might have seen these walking around in the wild from time to time. But what I really like about fall is it kind of signifies the end of this busy summer season. You know, here at church, we're busy in summer with camps and mission trips and fun activities. And so while, you know, starting up school or the fall can be a little bit stressful, I really like the routine, the schedule, kind of having that rhythm back in my life. But if we're talking about our souls, that kind of fall, the word transition comes to mind, or maybe the idea of the in-between. Fall is signaling the end of something, 
but we are not to what's going to be new just yet. And so we're asking ourselves, well, if something ends, what's next? What's going to happen? And I personally don't care to wait, right? I don't have a lot of patience. I'm not really sure most of us like to wait all that much. And we kind of just want to hurry through and get to what's next. But I think that can be a really big mistake because in the fall season, what I think I have learned as I've grown in age and hopefully some maturity, but definitely in what I know of God, that rushing through a season of waiting, we can miss out on the process of learning to wait, to find some comfort in silence, in stillness, where we can learn to listen for God. In Lamentations, we read that the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. I know that thinking about waiting or maybe something that's ending can produce some fear, maybe a little bit of anxiety, you know, endings. I'm going to have to let go of something, and I don't know what's next. If you find yourself in this season of fall today, I'd like to challenge you to ask yourself this question, and that is, what do I need to let go of? You see, you cannot move forward into what's next if you're still holding on to what's old. So challenge yourself, what is God asking you to do? What does he want you to move on from? What does he want you to let go of? And do you have the faith in him to do that? Our fall is a season of waiting, but it's not because we're afraid or we're unsure, but because God has set eternity in our hearts. We're waiting for the return of our Jesus, a man for all seasons. He's with us in our waiting. As we're thinking of eternity and waiting for that, look with me in Romans chapter 8. It says, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen, it's no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And as much as I love fall, the seasons change and that beauty, there's a little nagging voice in the back of my head and saying, yeah, but winter's coming. And with it is darkness. Now, I am a Texas native, born and bred. And so when we talk about the season of winter, I don't really think I comprehend true winter. Minnesota, Montana, some of you are from there going, yeah, y'all have no idea, right? Negative 60. <laughs> no, thank you. In fact, we went and lived in Austria for about four years, and the climate is a little bit cooler than here, but I learned there for the very first time, Uggs are in fact not snow boots. So I had to adjust my wardrobe because I just, I don't understand that kind of winter. However, a winter of the soul, that I understand. And I'm guessing that most of you in the room with me today have experienced some kind of winter as well. Mass shootings, war, cancer, loss, rejection, those experiences that bring on anger, fear, loneliness, sadness, isolation, 
darkness. It's in that season, that winter, where you might be asking, God, where are you? The Psalms are full of scriptures that put words to what we might be feeling during the season of winter. In Psalm 88, we read, I cry for you, for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? Winter, it feels sometimes that God's abandoned us, and also sometimes maybe even our friends, our family. We feel isolated. We want to withdraw. I don't want to hear empty platitudes or even well-meaning trite cliches, you know. This was just God's plan. Or God's going to use this for your good. Listen, I know that people mean very well, but I have to be honest, when I was in winter, I kind of just wanted people to keep their mouth shut. I didn't want to grow. I didn't want God to use my testimony. I just wanted to be in this blanket of sadness. And for a time, I really could only embrace darkness. Winter for me uh, started in 2016 when my mom passed away after a three-year battle with cancer. 2017, I lost my granny, precious, precious lady. 2019, a young lady that I had had in my small group while she was in high school and college had overcome a vicious, vicious eating disorder. She'd been called to ministry. She was a gifted preacher at a very young age died of leukemia at the age of 21, three weeks after giving birth to her son. And then in 2020, former colleague and one of my best friends and his wife died in a head-on collision, leaving behind their three children. That was winter. I had confusion, anger, frustration, this desire to want to know why, even though There's not an answer for that. But I was asking God, where are you? And at times, I felt this deep, almost alluring desire to believe that I had been abandoned. He had forsaken me. But it was also in those times that I had to remember the truth of what I know of God. Isolation, abandonment, Those were my real feelings, but they were not the reality of my truth because I was not alone. God would not leave me. He will not forsake me. So, if you find yourself in a season of winter today, the question you might be asking is, how do you survive? I just want to get through. And I have two suggestions. The first one is to pray. And I do not mean that in a trite, cliche way. Prayer can look different for each and every one of us. And you're sitting here today and some of you might be thinking, well, I'm just too angry to pray. Then I think that's what you should tell God. Because he already knows. You can tell him that you're sad or you're frustrated or you're confused. And as you release those things to him, you can create the space to ask him to begin to heal you. 
If you aren't able to pray, that's maybe a step too far. Could you read a psalm? Could you read the one we've looked at today? Could you listen to a worship song? Someone that has written words that give a voice to your feelings, your emotions that you're experiencing. I just want to tell you to pour out your heart to God in whatever way you can, because he's going to be there to listen. And the second thing I want to encourage you to not do is isolate, resist isolation. Now, this is for anyone, because whether you're a believer or not, you're tempted to keep that pain to yourself, right? I don't want to bother anybody. Well, they're too busy. They don't understand. They don't care. I think those are lies of the devil. He wants us to stay isolated. He wants us to believe those things. He wants us to keep from letting people speak love and truth into our lives because he wants to be the only voice that you're listening to. And so you have to lean on your friends, on your family. Find people that will just let you be yourself and walk with you through your winter because Jesus is a man for all seasons. The Bible refers to him as the light of the world. And in your winter, Jesus can light your darkness. In Psalm 34, we read, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. As you walk through a dark season, I can't stand up here today and tell you how long it's going to last but I do want to encourage you to remember this too shall pass. And just as is true in nature, it's true for our souls that spring is going to come. You know, just the mention of the word spring is lightness in my heart. You know, I'm thinking about new growth, dead things coming back to life. Unless you are a flower or a bush in my flower bed, you will not be blooming again. My black thumb has most assuredly ended your life. But in the spring of our soul, we have hope and we have expectation. It's a new beginning. In Scripture, look at these things we can learn about God in our spring. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Your spring can be a time for you to focus on developing your spiritual habits. You find yourself maybe desiring a deeper relationship with God. Maybe you're hungering for prayer or Bible study. And I just want to say, lean into that. Don't be afraid to start something new. Don't let fear keep you from moving forward. In fact, maybe this thing that you're going to start, the new, was exactly what you were waiting on in your fall. Let God help you birth new things to life. And so, if you're in a season of spring, here is my question for you to consider. How do you get the most out of it? With this opportunity, what can you do in spring? And again, I have two suggestions. 
First of all, establish spiritual disciplines. I encourage you to prioritize your relationships, not just with the Lord, but with those around you that you love. Serve others. Also, establish some new routines or maybe even consider some new habits, things that bring you life within your own life. Last week, Mark challenged us to develop a vision for our lives. And in spring, this is a great opportunity for you to consider who do you want to be, where do you want to be, and then start taking those steps towards that direction. We can see the Lord in springtime when we look in Zechariah. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. It is the Lord who sends the thunderstorms. He gives showers of rain to all people and plants of the field to everyone. Jesus is a man for all seasons. He's waiting. He's near to you, ready to get to know you better. And he wants you to get to know him. He's eager to share with you in your pursuit of life-giving habits. He's with you. And we've made it to the final season. My favorite one, summer. If winter is a season of darkness, summer is when we walk in the light. We bask in the warmth of God's creation. Our days are filled with sunlight and parties and vacations and fun and rest. Often people will experience a season of summer after their salvation or maybe a significant spiritual experience at summer camp or on a mission trip or finishing an excellent small group Bible study. It's that time when things just seem to feel easier. You see God's fingerprints on things all around you. You hear his whispers in your mind. It's joy for those of us who profess Jesus as our Savior. This is a glimpse of our eternity, the eternity that God has placed in our hearts we look forward to a new earth, a new creation, and I think that maybe it's going to look a little something like this, what we read in Revelation. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Beauty in summer. Such a great time of joy. But I would caution us to not be complacent. Or worse, don't celebrate this great time of beauty. Sometimes we get really focused on thinking about the good old days or fretting and complaining, worrying about the current state of the world we're in right now. And what a tragedy to miss the opportunity to celebrate the love of God that he is so generously lavishing on us. To not say thank you for the blessings, to not rejoice in the glimpse of our glorious future. In this season, I think we have to focus on our gratitude to look for the gifts and celebrate them. In fact, I am so serious about celebrating and your LifePoint staff, we're so serious about celebrating 
all that God has been doing in the life of our church and the launch of our Rock Hill campus that we want you to come next week to our gather. It is going to be at George Webb Park at five o'clock. I want you to bring your picnic dinner, blankets, lawn chairs, homemade ice cream to share. My favorites are coffee, Butterfinger, and Rocky Road. Store-bought is acceptable, but you will be judged. But this is truly family-friendly, right? This, there are incredible playgrounds. There are fields for kids to run around. But we're going to just celebrate. We're going to sing together. We'll share any updates about the future of LifePoint. We're going to pray. But just come, and let's be intentional, intentional about this season in LifePoint's history and join us next Sunday. So if you are in a season of summer, my question for you to consider today is what do you need to take time to celebrate? Zephaniah 3 tells us, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Jesus is a man for all seasons, and he delights in you, his creation. Celebrate what he's done. So today, I don't think that I've necessarily shared anything earth-shattering or maybe not even anything you haven't heard before, and I think that's okay, because I don't feel like that was my goal. What I wanted you to hear today is that every season of your life has purpose. If you're not a Christ follower, I still think this is true, right? The seasons of the soul still apply. They still come and go, and no matter your circumstance, it's important to remember that this too shall pass, and every season has something to teach you. But for my fellow believers that are here today, these seasons are an opportunity to grow our faith, share our faith, celebrate our faith, and I'd like to add an extra challenge. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to walk with the others in their seasons. Scripture tells us that we need to carry each other's burdens. We need to encourage and build each other up. We need to be kind and compassionate to one another. In the days after my mom died, my friend Jessica showed up at my house and took me shopping for something to wear to the funeral. And so we went to the Odessa Music City Mall. And if you have not been, I do not recommend, don't go. But we sat there in the middle of the mall with soft pretzels and a Dr. Pepper. And I have no idea how long. I don't know what we talked about. I don't know what she said. But I know she was there. My friends Christine and Paula, they went and picked up my daughter Ellie, who was six at the time, for a day of fun and gave her a respite from the sadness that was kind of all over our house. And again, I don't know where they went. I don't know what they did. I don't know what they talked about but I know they showed up. They were present. They walked with us through our winter, compassionate and caring and patient, and they shared their light with me in my darkness. And don't we want to do that for the ones that we love? So pay attention to those you love. Encourage them whatever season they're in. Be present. Pray for them, 
be a safe space for them and then celebrate. So what I'd like to do today to end our time together is offer a prayer for you in whatever season you find yourself in. And so I'm going to ask you to be brave. In just a second, I'm going to call for a season. And if you find yourself in that season today, I'm going to ask you to stand. If someone around you stand, would you please reach out your hand to them? If you know them, you could place it on their shoulder. But would you allow me to pray for our seasons? So if today you find yourself in a season of fall, in a season of waiting, would you be willing to stand and let me pray for you? Father, I ask you to encourage the people here today who are waiting. They're waiting on you and on what's next. They're waiting on direction for what to let go of. May they find comfort in the silence, knowing that you never leave. Give them patience in their waiting and the confidence to know you're working in the in-between. If you find yourself in a season of winter today, would you please stand? Father, I ask you to comfort the people here today in a season of winter. May they remember that even in the darkest of times, you're near. They're not alone. They've not been abandoned. May your love surround them, and may they catch a glimpse of your light in their darkness. If you're experiencing a season of spring, would you please stand and join those who are already standing? Father, thank you for bringing dead things to life. May those in spring find their desire to grow increased. May their efforts to learn and seek you be fruitful. Thank you for providing for their needs and for being a God whose mercies are new every morning. And if you're in a season of summer or you're not standing yet, would you please stand with us? Father, thank you for delighting in your children. We praise you for your faithfulness in bringing summer. And may we not miss an opportunity to express our gratitude to you for all you've done. And don't let us forget to celebrate all the ways we see you working in our lives. God, as we close our time together today, I just want to say thank you for providing a Savior in your Son, Jesus, who is a man for all of our seasons. Wherever you see us at today, God, I just ask that you would remind us of your presence, the truth that we are never alone, we're never forgotten, we're never abandoned. And may you help us as we walk alongside those that we love to show up, to be present, to be encouraging, to celebrate with them, and that may no one that's part of LifePoint ever feel alone. In Jesus' name, amen.